Marketing as a Foreign Language, episode 319. About once a year, I get sick, I get a throat thing, and it makes me sound a little bit more like an actual radio host. So if my voice sounds different today, it's because I'm sick, which, uh, number one, could be sort of a motivational uh, moment for you, thinking, you know what, he uh, doesn't have to do the show, but he's doing it anyway. For my nine listeners out there, you know I love you. Um, our podcast numbers, in case you're wondering and you're listening to this on the podcast, are like four to 12 downloads an episode. So literally, if you are listening to this right now uh, because you downloaded the podcast, I'm aware of you and I am proud of you. And I really appreciate the fact that you're downloading this podcast because we are on episode 319. And there's so many more different amazing podcast that you could listen to but you're listening to this one and uh trust me when you download it you may think to yourself whatever it's just one more little moment in your life but that moment means a lot to me and i really appreciate you doing that you eight to twelve people uh i love you from the bottom of my heart uh, if you want to reach out info info at senditrising.com that email goes directly to me if you have any questions about me uh, one of the things we're doing is uh, a lot of consulting nowadays. You get 30 minutes free. So if you want to talk to me about any marketing related anything, I'm happy to do that for free. First 30 minutes are free. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about Facebook today. And uh, for those longtime listeners on the show, you know, I'm a big fan of balance. Um, but ultimately, um, a lot of people are very upset with Facebook right now. So the uh, the pieces of the puzzle um, include Facebook's worst week. That's an article from news.yahoo.com. Turns out teens hate Facebook and Twitter, too, from Gizmodo. New Yorker, the moral bankruptcy of Facebook. Are you a parent concerned about the impact Instagram, because obviously Facebook owns Instagram, is having on your children? And uh, Facebook pausing Insta for kids as critics call out social risks. So today is a Facebook day. Now, you're going to hear me defend Facebook. And uh, you can feel whatever feels that makes you feel. Because at the end of the day, I believe that Facebook is a tool. And I believe that all tools can be used for good. And they can be used for evil. And so if you are using a hammer in the wrong way, you can do some devastating and horrifying things. Facebook to me is a tool. But Kellen, the algorithm um, has caused so much pain. Correct. Um, a stick can build a house and it can murder someone. How do you want to use that stick? So let's dive into the trendy um, sort of uh, vibes. Uh, everyone's talking about it. Hating on Facebook. So this one, again, news.yahoo.com. It started with a catastrophic IT failure, which saw its services wiped from the internet for six hours just to get everyone caught up, there's um, a woman by the name of Frances Hogan, Haugen, who uh, has an MBA from Harvard, smart lady. She literally photocopied a bunch of documents. Um, two of them said that Facebook uh, does something about 3 to 5% of hate speech on the platform, 3 to 5%. Because mm -hmm. from Facebook's perspective, these are very useful um, posts in terms of profit. It is um, incredibly uh, advantageous for Facebook to continue to have people um, release the chemical cocktail associated with fear and anger because it, it brings people back. Those posts do very well. Hate, obviously, is, is a subjective term. When does anger become hate? Um, we could debate that um, until the uh, end of this life and into many 
uh, incarnations into the future. Um, but there are many things, many posts that folks would agree. 95% of reasonable people would agree that are hateful posts. Now, um, Facebook, again, does not have much of an incentive um, to get rid of those when uh, it keeps people on the platform. Obviously, they can serve more ads when that's the case. Um, so anyway, Haugen testified to that. She said that 0.6%, uh, I believe I have that figure correct, um, of uh, incite, uh, incitement to violence posts are addressed um, by the platform. And there are numerous accounts where um, people have used Facebook to commit violence, to organize violence, et cetera. So anyway, back to the article. I'll go back 15 years and it was all relatively common for young web platforms like Facebook to fall off the internet for a day or even longer. So anyway, they go away and the internet goes into an uproar. They begin to say things like, oh, they're wiping all these internal documents. Um, so that's sort of the, the, oper the, what is it? the operating theory of uh, why that is. Now, VP Gennardin, um, who works at Facebook uh, as a VP of tech and other things, said it was a backbone server error. Um, I honestly don't know what to believe um, if uh, they were hacked. Uh, it is entirely feasible to me that the government would say to them, you can't tell the, you know, the folks that you were hacked. Here's the line you need to give the people when you have, cause here's the other thing. There's a lot of people that are invested in Facebook stock. So let's just suppose for a moment that Facebook was hacked or that they are doing some of these nefarious things and, and scrubbing all these documents that, um, make them look terrible. Um, there's a lot of people that are invested in Facebook right now. And, and if the truth comes out, they would lose a lot of money. But Kellen, the people investing in Facebook don't deserve to, you know, have their money. Okay, it's fine. What I'm saying is it's complicated uh, because there are folks who have IRAs and retirement accounts and they worked their whole life and were moral and ethical people and Facebook happens to be some of the stock that they own. So the ramifications of all actions in the universe uh, have unbelievably complicated consequences. So from where I'm sitting, uh, we all need to focus on love all of the time. Uh, so how do we love in a situation like this? Well, we seek the truth, don't we? So anyway, Facebook goes down. And uh, according to the article, um, a business development consultant told me she used WhatsApp to run live events and was suddenly thrown back into the communication dark ages. This is one of the pieces of the puzzle that wasn't talked about that much, which is, um, yeah, Coke is trying to spend millions of dollars on Facebook ads, small businesses are trying to spend that money. Um, and when Facebook goes down, that really shakes up their world. However, there are businesses, um, China, Central and South America, that only use WhatsApp for their communication. It's very, very normal. Cuando estoy hablando español con alguien y, you know, estamos conectándonos, like when I'm talking, when I'm speaking Spanish with people and we're connecting, um, they'll often say, what's your WhatsApp? Right. And uh, there are many businesses that use WhatsApp. And when WhatsApp goes down, sometimes there's just no way to like keep your uh, business going. So anyway, Facebook just has had an absolute dumpster fire of a couple of weeks here. Um, it is possible that it was just this uh, backbone router issue, but um, we don't really know. We don't really know. So turns out teens hate Facebook and Twitter too. This from gizmodo.com. In my personal experience, I found that a lot of people um, 16 to 20 simply don't have Facebook. Um, they may have Instagram. They definitely have Snapchat. They definitely have TikTok. 
So according to the article, it's safe to say that teens hate Facebook and Twitter as much as the rest of us. At least that's according to a 91-page survey put out this week by analysts at the financial firm Piper Sandler. The lengthy report titled, quote, Taking Stock with Teens quizzed 10,000 U.S. teenagers on everything from the social causes they support to the brands that they buy on a regular basis. It, of course is not surprising that uh, younger folks are not a big fan of Facebook. They don't want to be where their parents and grandparents are. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks, 50, 60, 70. I want to say that's the fastest growing demographic on Facebook. Um, I'm not really bullish on Twitter. I've talked about that for a long time. And I'm beginning to see um, significant problems with Facebook. Um, now, Facebook has so much revenue that they can pivot and they can continue to do things like um invest in things like Instagram. So it may not be Facebook that lives on, but some iteration because they can basically buy whatever they want. Um, according to the article, 35% of teens named Snapchat at the top of social media uh, platforms that they like. TikTok a close second at 30%. And in spite of Instagram doing everything it can to cannibalize user bases from both of those players, the platform ranked third um, with only 22% labeling it as their favorite. Um, and in a distant last place for Facebook and Twitter, only 2% of teens surveyed labeled either of those platforms their favorite. Yeah, Twitter and Facebook has become a place um, where adults argue with each other. <laughs> I don't do that. I have never gone. I, I mean, you might be able to go back and find one, but I have never been, in recent memory at least, um, engaged in some sort of political Facebook dialogue. I don't understand the point of it, to be honest with you. It could be that I'm strange and just different and not neurotypical. Um, but I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, the rush that I might get arguing with someone about politics or religion online um, is just not worth it to me. I don't. I just don't understand it. Now, I talk religion and politics on the show all the time. And wouldn't you know, we have very civilized conversations. Isn't that wild? Um, the anonymity of the internet has allowed people to express these avatars of hate. Um, and if that's your path, that's your path. Um, and the amazing thing about free will is you can walk down that path as often as you like for as many lifetimes as you like. You just keep going, going down that path. You go right ahead and maybe you go to hell and maybe you come back. I don't know. I don't know what happens when we die, but, uh, it, it seems fairly feasible to me that, uh, free will just continues on. And, uh, until you figure out that love is the answer, well, you just kind of keep going around and around and around. So newyorker.com, the moral bankruptcy of Facebook. The other thing too that I have to say is this reminds me a little bit of the Trump era where it's um, people love to hate. What I'm noticing is that not a lot of people are um, fervently uh, pro-Facebook, which is why I like to take that um, argument and uh, speak it because again, I'm a very yin-yang balance driven sort of individual. So uh, I'm going to take a moment to defend Facebook and uh, tell me what you think. So Rebecca Hoffner uh, Prilliman, my long lost sister, is in my life only because of Facebook. Um, Facebook has connected the world. It's given people the ability to create groups. Um, what we talk about on Facebook is the same thing that, that the news talks about. It's clickbait garbage, hate and violence. Because when we talk about these things, it, it um, releases a chemical uh, cocktail into our bodies that is addictive. And so it's the same reason what people watch scary movies, it's the same reason, you know, I mean, when's the last time you watched a movie where there wasn't some bad thing that happened in the movie? This is the hook. 
uh, people are interested in that drama. It's uh, it's literally a formula for TV. You know, everything's fine. Insert problem, resolve problem, move on. Um, and so right now, Facebook is in the midst of that sort of drama. And it's entertaining and enjoyable for people to sit on the sidelines and comment on it, which is exactly what I'm doing. Um, so where do we find love in this? Well, we, you know, for many of us, we just realize that um, if we are to engage with this sort of content, hateful content, um, it might only represent 0.5% of what's actually happening, uh, but it could be 90% of what we see. And so the eyes are very similar to the, the mouth in that, you know, what you consume, what you eat results in uh, your health. And so the same thing is true of the light rays entering into your retina. Also, these vibrations that are entering into your ears, which is why I talk about love a lot um, so that your day gets just a little bit more lovely. So according to the New Yorker.com, the moral bankruptcy of Facebook, talking about Francis Haugen on 60 Minutes. This is something that's going to be talked about for years and years and years and years. Haugen summarized some of the extensive evidence she'd collected while she was a Facebook employee, thousands of pages of internal documents, some of which she leaked to the Wall Street Journal. Um, yes, so so she does that. Um, is Facebook morally bankrupt? I think that once a company reaches a certain size, uh, you want to deliver to your employees a certain level of, um, of livelihood. Um, it's basically like you've got all these families and kids and, and this sort of thing that are looking at you and you see them every day. And so there's this bias that um, is very human where you want them to continue to succeed. And of course, there's greed and selfishness and the desire to have many millions of dollars and be loved by everyone and, and all that. So once a company reaches a certain size, you have to understand if you never had employees that their ability to pay their mortgage is on you. And um, when you're looking at profit statements, um, it's easy to rationalize human behavior um, as an individual choice. For example, uh, Mark Zuckerberg can be looking at the fact that there are all these hateful posts and they're addressing them. But at the end of the day, he may say, well, look, I mean, people are people and people are going to do what people do. Um, and I'm not in charge of the soul of these individuals, nor can I change their behavior. Um, I'm not the police. This is a platform. This is an expression of human behavior. It is what it is, right? So there's a certain amount of that um, that I think goes in through his mind. And then they do some work. Now, mind you, it's complicated because you had all of those Facebook employees with PTSD because their job was to literally scrub through all this hateful content. And that's on Zuckerberg's mind too. He goes, you know, I have to employ people um, to feed the AI engine so that it better understands what should be taken out. At this point, it is possible because the PR backlash is so bad that Zuckerberg makes a big change and the stock price drops and the number of um, benefits and employees that work at Facebook decreases. Um, a nightmare scenario for many business owners is having to walk in and fire people, uh, let folks go. Um, this is not fun. Uh, you know, this is not a fun thing. And so obviously the counter argument is look at the damage you're doing. You have a moral uh, responsibility to make a change. You've, um, you've put uh, profit in front of everything else. The other thing too, is for everyone who dreams of being a billionaire, well, can you imagine? I mean, my life versus Mark Zuckerberg's life, honestly, if I had a, a chance to body swap, I'm not sure I would. If I had to wake up tomorrow as Mark Zuckerberg, I think I would probably go, you know, I'm gonna take a hard pass on that. I mean, the money's nice, but how do you how do you exit?
this sort of situation. Because if he leaves now, um, I mean, it's possible that he'll be under like criminal charges. You just never know. I mean, he could end up in a prison cell over something that happened at Facebook. He is by far the face of this entity. And uh, I'm not sure I would. Actually, I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't do it. If uh, some deity descended from on high and said, you want to be Mark Zuckerberg? I'll take a hard pass on that. I'm I'm happy where I'm at. CNN.com. Are you a parent concerned about the impact Instagram is having on your children? So a Facebook whistleblower, again, Francis Haugen, quote, uh, very rarely do you have one of these generational shifts where the generation that leads, like parents who guide their children, have such a different set of experiences that they don't have the context to support their children in a safe way, testified uh, Haugen on Tuesday. We need to support parents. If Facebook won't protect the kids, we at least need to help parents support kids. Uh, yeah, it's it's tricky, man. Um, my son loves video games. I love video games. And so he will often come up to me with my phone and say, hey, can we download this one? And it looks like a kid's game. And uh, I will download it because we will download two to three of these. Um, the advertisements that the kids are shown and um, the games themselves can be very inappropriate. Uh, my son downloaded some game where some wild stuff was going on, and it wasn't until a friend of mine saw it that I even realized it was happening. Um, so, oof, I mean, they're on Instagram. I turn on the filters there, but it's become sort of like a full-time job to to make this sort of work. And it would, I mean, on the one hand, it would be nice if there was just click this button here, and now everything is going to be kid-friendly. But what the heck does kid-friendly mean? Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, that's a big job to monitor all content and to decide what's age appropriate. And now all of a sudden you've got some sort of big brother, top down authoritarian, you know, regime saying this is what an eight year old should see versus what they shouldn't see. And that's wild in and of itself. That's just a wild thing to, to sort of um, wrap your head around. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting being a parent in 2021. That's for darn sure. Facebook pausing Insta for kids as critics call out social risks. Um, Facebook has delayed a children's version of Instagram after scores of critics came out against it. While Facebook already has a messaging service tailored to kids, watchdogs argue Instagram contributes to harmful self-perceptions among teens, especially girls. That is um, incredibly... Um, oof. Oof, oof, oof. So I have a daughter... And uh, she she is begging for a phone. I mean, she wants a phone more than anything else in the history of ever. And uh, so it's begun already. And, it, you know, her friends are starting to get phones. And so there comes a time when the societal pressure is really strong. So as a parent, you make the decision, you do or you don't. And then when she's staring at that screen in her bedroom, which eventually is going to happen, um, who is she talking to? Can you see it? Can you not? When I was growing up, I'm 37. I don't know how you old you are, but I mean, I mean, if the door was shut, I guess you could get away with some shenanigans, but you know, you really didn't have a lot of privacy. And if I give her a phone, I'm starting to think that like every day there's going to have to be like a phone check. You know what I mean? Like, okay, time for me for time for you to hand me your phone so I can see um, what's been going on, you know, and, and then the privacy issues and interesting. It's just interesting. So, this check that uh, Facebook is doing, pausing Instagram for kids, I don't know. You can see it either way. Um, Instagram for kids could be an incredible way for kids to see interesting and engaging content. 
the positive bit of all this is that my kids are in front of a lot of educational content. Um, by and large, kids content is designed to be educational. And I would argue that Saved by the Bell was not as good as the content that my kids are ingesting. Um, they're watching Dr. Binox, right? Um, some, they're watching things that are interesting and, and, uh, have science related content, math related content. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, seems pretty good to me. And the reason it's so popular is because kids are enjoying it. Parents are enjoying it and the algorithms are giving it, um, some love. So Facebook pausing Instagram for kids could be seen as a bad thing. Well, they sh really should provide this outlet. And then, of course, the social risks, you know, suicide rate, um, bullying online, uh, all these sorts of things are real. And uh, it's important for us to love and uh, through that love, understand what folks are going through and uh, flex our compassion as you move forward. Ultimately, the power that you have um, in the relationships of your life are incredibly important. You know that. And uh, ultimately, you bear responsibility for your choices. WebMD.com, Instagram for kids, experts called delayed plans a smart move. So the experts are saying, yeah, we should probably pump the brakes on this. How young is too young for Instagram? According to the article, since news broke that Instagram was developing a platform for kids, the idea has been highly debated. Quote, Instagram kids is being designed for kids ages 10 to 12 years old and will feature parental controls. No ads. Ooh. And other safety features, according to Adam Masseri, the head of Instagram. So experts and lawmakers have said that even with those controls, Instagram is simply not a place for kids. Quote, while we stand by our decision to develop this experience, we've decided to pause to give us time to work with parents, experts, policymakers, and regulators, listen to their concerns, and demonstrate the value and importance of this project for younger teens online today. At the end of the day, from a profit uh, motive, um, Facebook, you know, they definitely want to get the 10 to 12 year olds going. And in case you're wondering why, just think about McDonald's Happy Meals. So McDonald's has already entrenched itself into the head of my daughter um, because they give out those toys. I mean, she wants the toys. She wants the burger. She wants the fries. She loves the experience. And uh, it's not even about the play place. Um, isn't that interesting that they've connected meat like cow meat with uh, with like toys? You know, it's just I mean, the humans are like that. You can just connect two seemingly totally different things. Um, and as long as uh, there are endorphins and, and the right um, neuro linguistic programming, then ta-da, salt and sugar, etc. So you get it. Um, what do you think? Um, do me a favor. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're one of the eight people that are listening to this podcast, um, I really appreciate you downloading it. Tell a friend. Would you please tell me? Um, tell, tell me what you think. I mean, engage with me. I want to hear from you. I really do. YouTube.com forward slash send it rising is the perfect way to do that. YouTube.com forward slash send it rising. Leave a comment. Tell me whatever you want to tell me or troll me. You can leave a, a trolly comment. Um, if you want to see some of the other content I'm putting out there, I'm on TikTok. I got 1,200 views in the last couple of videos I made. That is uh, send it rising as well is the name of uh, the handle on TikTok, if you are on TikTok. So let's summarize the articles today. Facebook's worst week. Yep, not looking too pretty. Teens out, excuse me, turns out teens hate Facebook and Twitter too. Um, this is why Instagram for 10 and 12-year-olds is such a big deal. The moral bankruptcy of Facebook, um, yeah, 
it's rough. Y'all get it. All right, I'm out. I'm sick. I'm gonna I'm gonna go be sick. Um, coming to you from Vegas, in case you're all wondering where we're at. It's beautiful here, about 80 degrees, light rain. There's your weather report for Vegas. Thank y'all. See you next time.